Welcome to Culture Couch, a pop culture podcast. Ooh, this smells like orange juice. When's the last time we've had not a shared beer in the glasses? Uh, it's been, what, four weeks? Oh, five. A whole month. Because we also had the Epic Brewing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, five. Yeah. That's a... Yeah, that, we've only been rating one beer, so now we have got, we're back with two this week. Back with two again. What do you have? Uh, I have Big Spruce Brewing, Serial Killer, Oatmeal oh, yeah, Stout. Before we get too into this, what's special about these ones? Oh, <laughs> these ones are specially flown in from Canada. From Canada, yes. When I went there, I brought them back. Uh, and these are from really small places. So, like, these are craft craft brews, the craft brew, man. I mm-hmm. mean, there's nothing up here. But this, I just like the can. Yeah, it is really cool. And I like that it's called Serial Killer because I look at that and it looks like the cover of like a Stephen King book or like yeah. a Dean Koontz book. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really, and it's very simple. It's like a brownish green, but almost black at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's like just deep, deep. Uh, but it's an oatmeal stout, which I don't know what the fuck. An oatmeal stout? Yes. Interesting. I want to try that. It smells like a stout. It's 5.4%. And this is from where my mom grew up, which she'd be so so not proud of me, uh, but it's from Cape Breton. <laughs> For drinking a beer from her homeland. <laughs> yeah, but it's from Cape Breton, Nova Scotia. It's this small island off a peninsula in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So the fact that I actually found one that said Cape Breton on it, brewed in Cape Breton, I was really proud. Yeah. So I'm happy about it. My uncles are probably happy. My mom would be very sad. So let's well, try it. That's okay. You know, it's better than Guinness. Yeah. It's a lot better than Guinness, but it's... It's a stout. Mm-hmm. It's a hefty. Yeah, stouts are just not my thing, man. I mean, I don't know where or how long you have to be drinking beer to be able to get into stouts, but I just am not about it. One of my friends, we're, we're going to try it in the next coming weeks, but we have a another one. It's a banana stout, which will I, be very interesting. The but, hazelnut banana? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. low-key, I'm actually kind of excited for that. Yeah. I like the f- different flavors that they incorporate into stouts. They're more like desserty beers, kind of. But yeah, and you always get a higher content, which is nice. Yeah. But what do you have? Well, what, do you, what would you rate oh, yours? Yeah, one sec. Let me try. This is really carbonated too, so it's giving me all kinds of hiccups. I'm gonna say a six. A six. Okay. And one point. And this coming from someone who doesn't, you know, isn't crazy about stouts. It does get one point for nostalgia. Yeah. Okay. So I right. want to make that clear. It's a so six with an asterisk. It's a soft six. It's a soft six. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mine is Crafty Radler. It's from Pump House and it's a blood orange and peach. And I, uh, and Radler is R-A-D-L-E-R. And I think this little snippet here is kind of interesting and I can't read it with the sliding. Oh my God. I'm so old. You forgot your glasses today. Uh, So it says a refreshing blend of pump house craft beer and fruit soda. The term Radler means cyclist in Germany, where the popularity of cycling and the need for a delicious post-ride beverage uh, spawned the idea of mixing beer with popular fruit drinks. Uh, I just thought that was kind of interesting because on the... On the can, it's got like one of those old, really old bikes with the really big front yeah. wheel and the small back wheel, and a raccoon is driving the bike. But it's interesting because it's supposed to be kind of like vintage, but he's wearing Converse, and it's a raccoon. I don't know. It's just there's a lot going there's on. A here. lot and going the wheels on. are fruit 
Like, I don't know. And it's the orange and the peach. The raccoons in a suit. Whatever. Whoever came up with that was pretty... They were probably on hard drugs, but yeah, it was I don't pretty know. cool. It smells like straight orange juice. And there's a zipper on the back. Yeah, and it actually is textured. So it feels like a zipper. Okay, that's yeah, wild. It's pretty cool. It's a beautiful orange and yellow. This is so good. Is I'm it? sad that I've let it sit for this long. Because it would be much better, like, really, like really cracked cold. and drink. This is so damn good. It's basically juice. Oh, really? Yeah, it's basically juice. And that's from, so that's actually, that brewery is from New Brunswick, which is the province uh, next to Nova Scotia. Yeah. So I got two different provinces. But I don't do this often. This is a 10. Whoa. Yeah. I brought home a 10. This is a 10. This is so good. You need to try this. Oh, wow. Okay. Here, you try this one. because you said Okay. Oh, I actually like that. That's not bad. It's very coffee flavored and very chocolatey. That is a nine and a half for sure. That yeah. is amazing. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that. And you love peach and drinks mm-hmm. if done properly. Yes, if done well and if mixed with the right things. But excuse me. Yeah, both of those are actually really good for a stout. I, I do like that. I think I would even, well, I'd probably stick with a six. But like, like I feel confident about that. Yeah. Like, it's not bad. It's not you're, good. You're not like me giving it a soft six. Yeah. It's a, it's a six. It's a solid six. But this, this is delicious. Yeah. my This is a 10 for sure. Uh, Pump House, this is where it's at. Yeah. I'm, you don't give out 10s often. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they have any of their drinks in the US. If they do, try to find them. But this is seriously so damn good. Maybe in the Northeast because it's close. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's no oh, way. Western United States is not fine. That's that. lovely. That's so, so good. It's the best part about traveling, man. You get to try yeah. new drinks. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. So you gave us six you and we got a 10. Here we go. Doesn't happen often. Yeah, that's a pretty good beer week and fun for foreign beer. Go Canada. Foreign. <laughs> foreign. <laughs> that's a little bit of a <laughs> stretch. Oh, it's not US. Pretty much anything outside the US. I mean, that's the definition of foreign, but. Everything else outside of the U.S. just feels extra foreign because the U.S. is just kind of meh right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. More to be celebrated outside the U.S. More. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, we can go have a seat on the culture couch Let's and simmer it. on that. Let's do it. All right, what do you have for your pop culture on the radar this week? I really haven't been watching anything new. So I don't have anything to report back on as far as TV shows go. I did listen to Beyonce's new album. And as I think I've discussed this before, but I'm surprisingly not a huge Beyonce fan. But she definitely wrote this album. It feels like she wrote it for the dance club, but specifically like gay clubs. (laughs) Because <laughs> the music is super fun and super awesome. It's just got more of my flavor in it, but it still is very much Beyonce. It's a very good album. I don't like find myself going back to it all the time, but there's one song specifically, Alien Superstar. It's like all over TikTok as well right now, but it's a really good one. Well, when new songs so, come out, they're always over TikTok. Yep. But yeah, I guess that's mine. Beyonce's new album. It's called Renaissance. It's really good. Nice. I haven't even listened to it. I didn't even know she had a new album. Mm-hmm. Well, I, she, I think she's kind of known for just dropping her albums without doing any promotion for them. They just show like up. Like she just 
yeah, she just like kind of surprise releases them. But I think the album did leak about a week before it came out. And so it was like a bigger, there was a little bit more talk about this one because it was leaked. Interesting. But, yeah. But when it came out, it was like crazy for like a solid week. And then, you know, now people, some people don't even know she had one. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty solid. If you like R&B slash, you know, very heavy pop music, it's just, it's more, it's, I mean, I don't listen to Beyonce a lot and I haven't listened to a lot of her albums, but, and pe- someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but this is definitely her most pop flavored album for sure. All right. So All right. yeah, check it out if you like Beyonce, cause she's pretty great. So I, she's just someone that's never stuck for me mm-hmm. and I don't know why. Yeah. Same. Couldn't tell you. Just, very talented great you yeah know, good has, at what she does just not always it, been for me yeah that's that's fair yeah i made a mistake and told my friends that what we do in the shadows looked like a cheap british knockoff series now before i finish some things happened mm-hmm. first i think i came in in the middle of a bad episode okay was this when we were watching it no you guys, you all started watching it when I was in Canada. Oh, that's right. So I came okay. in in the middle. I walked downstairs and my wife was watching it. And so I was caught in the middle of an episode and it was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I didn't really like put together what it was because I think I've seen clips of it on like TikTok and stuff. Yeah. Like people pulling like, you know, a 30 second scene out. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen things that I'm like, that was funny, but came in. I was like, this is a terrible and then and then the uh one guy what's his name what are the three vampires the main three is he the one that's married to the woman yes yeah uh, uh lonzo lonzo oh laszlo laszlo yeah uh he is in toast of london which is a british tv show mm-hmm. and he's in a couple other british tv shows i think he's in the it crowd too okay anyways so i saw that dude who i've seen on british tv mm-hmm and I saw some bad cinematography. Okay. And I thought, this looks terrible. And then my wife went and told everyone that loves the show. And everyone told me to get fucked for that opinion. Yeah. And then you gave me <laughs> some advice that I would recommend. That sometimes it helps to be uh, inebriated of sorts. And then watch the show. Yes. So I tried, said advice. <laughs> and I waited a few minutes for things to kick in and settle in and then we watched it and watched an entire season yeah it's 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 really good and i actually was one of those people too that i've seen i had seen previews of it and just didn't love it like or didn't really feel for anything like i just the comedy just comedy is a very interesting thing for me because i generally don't like a lot of comedy it has to be a very specific comedy, but like, as long as it's like very witty, very dry humor, that's the kind of comedy that I like. Like you've seen Juno, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that kind of comedy. That is exactly what I need. But this is like, this is very much not the same. It's thing. ridiculous. Yeah. But I think it's the fact that it's vampires, which we'll get into vampire stuff. Apparently Scott has a thing. Yeah. I, I, I am the first to tell anybody that I just, I love vampire movies and vampire TV shows, vampire books. I am very much a simp for vampire stuff. Dude, you need to read Barry Got a Sega as a vampire in it. Yeah. And it's probably one of the coolest vampires in all of... And that's the I thing, think. too, is like so many... There's so many different variations of vampires all across pop culture, and I love it. But, yeah. It, I was one of those people, too, that just didn't want to watch it. And then finally we did, and I 
I think I hysterically laughed in every single episode that we watched, and I was sold. And it was a, they made a movie first, right? And then they made the TV series. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they did because it was it's Taika Waititi who is the producer of it, and I think he directed a majority of the first few seasons. Just because TV shows eventually get kind of crazy, and so they have to bring in more people, obviously. Yeah. But he's still an executive producer on the show. And I'm pretty sure there was a movie that was made, and then they like the TV series is a spinoff sequel-ish type thing to it. Interesting. We'll have to watch the movie then. But for those of you that don't know what it is, just to give you a very quick, brief little synopsis, is it's a little small coven of vampires who are still very much in the old like Victorian era way of living, but they're living in the modern world because they just refuse to move past that time. Like to move with the time. Because they're just stubborn vampires. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's like it's just straight out comedy. There have there are moments where there's like horrendous violence, but it's always very fast and very off the wall, like just wild stuff. It's not very often, but it does happen. And the characters that do it, it doesn't make sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're like, well, what? Yeah. I. But definitely, if you are intrigued by vampires or ridiculous comedy, then you should watch it, because it's good. Yeah, I would agree. Especially if you like the ridiculous, just mm-hmm. left field. I mean, the three, the three main vampires say the most wild shit. Yeah. It's <laughs> just... <laughs> Because they're like they're also like not politically correct because they have lived, they've like just refused to move with the times. So they say a lot of things that you're like, like just super offensive, super crude, like things. It's it, terrible. It's just it's so funny. It's so funny. It is super funny. And then, I mean, there's the energy vampire, which is the most made up. Which I mean, I guess vampires are made up, so that was dumb. But the energy vampire is the most stupid, like. What the hell? But it's funny because it's like an actual vampire who is immortal because he's a vampire, but the way he feeds, he feeds off of people's energy. And you've all heard or heard of like an energy vampire in the workplace. Like they just, they play off of that, but they've actually made a character who is a vampire, but he feeds off of your energy. He's basically Toby from The Office. Yeah. And then (laughs) he meets an emotional vampire who just makes everybody sad and depressed all the time. And that's how she feeds off of people is by like she just thrives off people being sad and so she'll tell all these really sad bullshit stories to make people really upset and then makes them depressed it's so funny well when he uh like when couples start fighting he just always looks at the camera like yes Mm -hmm. because it's like negative energy and he's Uh like i just like i'm thriving off of this yeah (laughs) there's an episode where he becomes like a superpower Mm -hmm. because he gets like so much energy that he starts becoming stronger, and so he can... It's like domino affecting, right? Yeah. Like, his energy is making him stronger, so he can control more people, giving him more energy, and it's just, like, so yeah. ridiculous. Which, if you think about it, if that were a real thing, or, like, an actual vampire that could feed off of negative energy like that, it'd be a pretty solid vampire. They would work in HR at a corporate company, that is Absolutely. for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely in the workplace, for sure. They would literally be Toby. Yep. Just pull people in, give them warnings, mm-hmm. make them sad, eat off of that. They would love it. Yeah. I think their fourth season, maybe third or fourth season, maybe even the fifth, just started this summer. So I, I think it's their fourth. On the streaming platform, 
which I don't even know what streaming platform it's on. It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. Yeah. Has four episodes, four seasons. Okay. Then I think the fourth season just started this summer. Okay. So, yeah. But yeah, yeah. that's a good one. No. Yeah, it was that's good. A, it was a wild, a wild 24 hours of emotions for me. Mm-hmm. I got told off because pretty much everyone. <laughs> Yeah. Did you say something at work about it or something? No. Or was it us? She, you, well, she also called uh, Ryan, who's been on the podcast. Oh, yeah. She called him, oh, yeah, too. Yeah, because he loves it. He was there when we all watched, or started it. Yeah. yeah, so he told me I was an idiot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he good. said we're fighting, so apparently we're in the mood. But I haven't told him that I've watched it, so he doesn't know we've made up yet, so we're still fighting. Gotcha. Well, I hope all is well in the friendship field. But yeah, Nothing yeah. brings people together like vampires. Or telling your friends they're idiots for their opinion. Or that. <laughs> uh, all right. Do you want to move into our main topic? Yeah, let's do it. So part one, I should say. Uh, it's a two-part episode Yeah, this week. it's like a two-part episode. We're splitting the topics because we're finally going to get around to talking about Miss Marvel. But yeah, so for the first little bit here, we're going to jump into TV show finales because we have a lot of thoughts on a bunch of them. And just, we want to talk about some of the best that we've seen and some of the worst that we've seen, and then maybe talk about uh, the actual, like, worst reviewed or best reviewed finales. And this is series finales that, like, wrapped up the whole show. What, finished the whole kumbaya? Mm -hmm. So before we get into that, what, what do you look for when you start a TV show, and then by the time it ends, what is it that you want out of a TV show? Uh, I want the whole show to be written with a purpose. Okay. So I ideally a good TV show and a TV show shouldn't be longer than six seasons. And I I mean, very, very few thing, very few TV shows have made it longer than six seasons and Mm -hmm. been enjoyable in season seven, eight, nine, 10. Yeah. I Um, think depending on the, like uh, the size of the source material, you know, you kind of have to make more. Which is where Game of Thrones fell flat. And I know that I said before we even started recording that we're not going to talk about it. Because we're not going to. We're not going to jump into that. But that's just where you can fall flat is if you have all the source material, but you rush it. Like, you know, Game of Thrones could have easily used two more seasons. And it would have been. It probably would have been fine. Yeah, they outpaced the books and got off track and it was a mess. Yeah. So you want something with purpose. You want something that has something to say. Yeah. And well, I just want it to, to be written with a desire to end. Mm-hmm. right like when the production studios come in and because I, I genuinely think most writers write their show they come up with the idea and they have a beginning and end yeah and they kind of have an end they go pitch the their you know seasons five come in the show's really popular they go pitch it to the studio and the studio's like yeah i mean that's a good ending but we don't want the show to end mm-hmm. and so can we make it six seven eight nine 10 and then at by Sometimes. 10 it's not doing well so then they try to like wrap up a season 11 yeah and then that just like by default makes season 11 shit yeah and yeah. i mean 9 and 10 work good either in like that scenario right because mm-hmm. it's so dragged out so when when writers can write their show like they have a story to tell and they write it start to finish that's what shows need to do yeah i definitely agree i think the hardest part too with shows like that especially shows that go on for a long time they usually end up having shows that change writers yeah and that can really affect a show uh the perfect example of this is supernatural they went on for 15 seasons 
Yeah, at some point, it's going to be bad. Yeah, I mean, it stopped being as good as it was after season five, and then after, like, six, seven, eight is when it really started going downhill. And then they just dragged it out for another nine. Yeah, which is so sad, because I loved that show so much. I loved everything about it, but then by the time, I think I made it to, I finished season nine, and I think I watched the first episode of season ten, and it just got, it was just too much for me. I was like, nope. I'm done with this. I just, it's not my thing anymore. And it took me a long time to finish season nine just because they were doing stuff that I just didn't really care about as much. But it was once they brought in an episode where they went to Oz, like the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. That's when I knew that the show was done. Was like, doomed. Yeah. Because, like, Supernatural is, it's always just been like demons and ghosts. And, you know, some other, like, cryptid things like werewolves and uh, yeah. mothmen, you know, stuff like that. But uh, then it just started getting, like, really biblical. And, like, they were pulling monsters from the Bible. And it was just really weird. And then, like, they had a whole thing with the Leviathans. And I don't know. It was weird. I think Eve even came into the show at one point. Like? Like Adam and Eve. Like the mother? Yeah. And she's she was evil. And I don't really know. That makes sense. Yeah. And like, I don't know. It was, it was really weird. And I just was not about it. She couldn't keep up. It just yeah. wasn't your thing. It just was way too much. That's what's hard with shows when they start getting bad. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know, they're going to do five more seasons. Yeah. So you have to, you have to decide, do I want to watch this through? Because mm-hmm. if it's the season finale, you can kind of tough it out. Yeah, that's the nice thing, too. That's, like, one of the, the perks of having streaming services being where they are now because you can really decide if you want to stop. Because when you commit to, like, it on a weekly basis, I actually really like the routine of watching a show weekly. I think that's really fun. And I hope – I'm glad that other shows are starting to kind of come back to that schedule. Whereas before, I mean, we had the binge method where they would just throw the entire season on a streaming service. But now I feel like – they're starting to realize, oh, we can hold on to subscribers longer if we just do it re- or weekly, which they should be doing. But I just, I like that whole aspect of it. So that was kind of an interesting change with streaming. But yeah, so I'd have to agree with you is like when I'm watching a TV show, uh, I definitely want, uh, in addition to everything that you said, I want the show to just like have something to say. Yeah. And when shows can do that and can like make you think or like especially on social topics and stuff like Shit's Creek one of the best examples of that the show really taught a lot about wealth and how easy it is to gain it well not necessarily how easy it is to gain it but how very easily it is to lose it and yeah. like social status and all that and how that shit doesn't matter what matters at the end of the day is the people that you surround yourself with right mm-hmm. so when it's shows like that that's what I look for in a show and when it comes to the finales, I want all of the characters to have all of their stories and their loose ends tied up. I want everything to all come together, mostly seamlessly. I mean, as much as they can, of course. But that's the biggest thing, is I want all the, the loose ends to be tied up. That makes sense. You want everything tied up, wrapped up in a bow, and call mm-hmm. it a day. Yeah. I really hate when a, a show ends completely, and there are still tons of loose ends. Oh, I agree. I really hate that. It's the worst. Yeah. Which we'll get into, which is why I hate some of the shows I hate. Yeah. You know, I wish I liked Stouts more. I know. Someone who, whoever's listening, if there's someone out there that likes Stouts more, 
and like knows the culture of stouts and like how they should be enjoyed, please tell us because I would like to enjoy them more. Or just tell or us. To know a pr- or give us good recommendations of some. But yeah, just something. Because they're always something that I've been intrigued by because I love the idea that it's like a chocolate beer. But I just. I mean, the thing one. with beer in general is you just have to drink enough. Mm hmm. And find the ones that you like, but it's like, yeah. But then once you find the ones you like, you can kind of start to enjoy, you know, like with light beers, right? Yeah. You can start to branch out. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming if I drink enough of Guinness, I would start to like stouts. Yeah. But it's like forcing yourself to drink something, you know, you don't enjoy just to get yourself to maybe like something that just seems kind of weird. Yeah. But one day you'll like it. Yeah. Maybe. Now with beer, that's how I got there. Uh, that is how I got there with beer kind of for the most part but like ipas i'm never going to fully enjoy an ipa i bet you would i really don't we've been doing this for almost two years and i don't i still don't consider myself one to enjoy an ipa well we drink them inconsistently though that's true like if you drank 10 in a month i bet by the end you would like them yeah it's just where i know that there's other options available i'm not going to choose an ipa yeah so anyway yeah all right so on the topic of finales then what are, or I had Andrew come up with two finales or series finales that he really loved and two that he really did not. And I did the same thing. So start us off with your first of show. Do you want to start with ones that we didn't or did like? Let's start us off with ones we didn't did, did. and then we can end on a good note. Okay. Do you want me to do just one of the ones I didn't yeah, like? just do one and we'll alternate. Okay. Uh, one of my least favorite endings to ever happen on planet Earth to mm-hmm. a TV series or movie one of the worst written things ever was the finale to how I met your mother. Oh, okay. So, I know that that show has a very big following, but I, I mean, I've seen like a sprinkling of episodes here and there, but not a lot. It was my favorite TV show for probably four or five years. Mm-hmm. I have seen every episode at least three times. Yeah. Even the later seasons that are the last two seasons I've bad. only seen once. Oh, Okay. So, seven was good. So, there's nine seasons total. The finale ended in 2014. Mm-hmm. Seven was pretty good. You can tell it was dwindling, but eight was just downhill. Mm-hmm. Like, like a very drastic change. Yeah. And then nine was finally about how you met the mother. But okay. the stupid thing, how much of the show have you seen? Like I said, not a lot. I've maybe seen five to seven episodes okay so the whole show is essentially about this group of five marshall Mm -hmm. and lily who are married yeah robin barney and ted and the show is essentially ted telling his kids how he met his mom Mm -hmm. and the brilliant part of the show was the first episode of the first season he tells this whole love story about how he met this girl and then he goes at the end of the episode he goes that's how i met your aunt robin and so you're so at the, in the when you're watching the episode, I think I have seen the first episode, but when you're watching it, you think, oh, Robin's is his mom. Yeah, easy. And now we're going to see this whole love story play out. Yes. Yeah. And then he just like cuts it off. And it's this giant cliffhanger that lasts six seasons because you never mm-hmm. know. Yeah. You never know if anytime he's going to say, that's actually how I met. This is how your mom and I met. And this is, this is our story. Or he's just going to break up with them. Yeah. So it's like this big cliffhanger, right? Because. He narrates the show and he's talking to his kids often. So mm-hmm. you're constantly going, living in the past. Well, so at one point he dates Robin. At one point Barney dates Robin. It's stupid. And then it's like kind of whatever. But then in the, in the, the ninth season, 
Robin and Barney ended up getting married at one point. Then they get divorced. Ted finally meets this girl. I cannot remember her name. She wasn't in it very much, but it's the mother. Yeah, so that's the one thing that I, when I found out who the mother was, it wasn't even someone who was a part of the show from the beginning. No. It was just some rando they brought in yes. towards the end. And the way they should have ended the show was they should have, they should have, and then they like tried to introduce the character though. They give her like some backstory, but mm-hmm. it would have been so much better if he would have been like, that's how I met your mother, and they never showed her face. Uh, okay. Like you see the back of her head, and he goes, yeah. And that's so how when they brought her into the show, did you see like a relationship develop between yes. the two of them? Uh, but yeah. then she gets chemotherapy and dies. Ah, and this is the whole reason he's telling his kids the story about their mom gotcha. and how they met. And then the kids go, Dad, this isn't a story about how you met mom, this is a story about how you're still in love with Robin. And he's like, No, it's not. And they're like, It is. Go, go tell her you love her. And then he like runs to Robin's apartment and knocks on her door and they kiss in the rain. And that's how it ends. And that's how it ends. I mean, I kind of like that, like how it all kind of comes back full circle. But yeah, it is. It, it feels almost cheap to build this whole show on this, let me tell you how I met your mom. And you never, you're just constantly wondering, oh, it's this person, it's this person, it's this person. Because he dates on and off like a lot of other random chicks in the show, right? It's nine seasons long, so yeah. he dates a lot. Yeah. And so you're always like, oh, is it going to be this girl? Is it going to be this girl? You know? So I kind of like that idea. And then it's Robin, so it's someone that you met in the very beginning. I mean, it's not Robin, but the fact that the story really ends up being about a love story of him and Robin. That is kind of endearing, but it does feel cheap, like I said. And the other problem they have is the way they told it, they time jump a lot. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's 2013, it's current day, flashback to 2011 when, and this was just the finale, they didn't know what to do. So they started doing a ton of flashbacks to... It was like fan service to the max. Tons of Uh, flashbacks, and they're jumping back, and then they're jumping to the future, and they're jumping to current time. It's just like a lot of this uh, time. There wasn't like very like a consistent linear math uh, path of time, which the rest of the show had. Yeah, you had the current time of him talking to his kids, talking in the past. The whole show was that. Gotcha. But then all of a sudden, it's like jumping around. It was super inconsistent. It was just poorly done. It was super rushed. The writers. We're trying to wrap it up because it was the end. Mm-hmm. And they should have just finished in seven. Yeah. I really think the bane to all TV shows is pacing. Yes. I think that is what hurts them the most. And when a finale feels rushed, it's like one of the worst things. It's just like, because you, you've committed so much of your time watching this show for however many years it's been on TV, assuming you've watched it from the beginning when it was airing on TV rather than the whole binge model. And then you get to the end and you're like, okay, cool. Like we're going to finally see how it all plays out. And then it's just this lackluster, super lame ending. And you're just like, oh, okay. So the last eight seasons didn't matter. Yes. Cool. Like plot holes up the wazoo. Yeah. And fan service. That's another thing that I really hate when shows do. When the finale is just a big old, like throwbacks. a whole hour long of just fan service. I hate that. Well, that was the whole last season, mm-hmm. which is like referencing old jokes and old times. And yeah, there's no plot lines going forward. It was this them all struggling with how they've moved on past their twenties. Yeah. Cause at this point, I think they were probably like in their forties. Mm-hmm. It, it was just a mess. Like I, I do like it when they give the fans a little bit of something that the fans have been wanting, 
But when it's every little thing that the fans have been like screaming for, like, especially when it comes to relationships, fans that want to see X and Y character together, or even just to see him hook up, like it just turns into, I don't know. It just feels so like none of everything that we've seen matters because like, it doesn't really make sense for these people to be together, but yet we've kind of always secretly been wanting them to be together. But so really, it, doesn't, together. it doesn't make sense for them to be together, but you're just going to give us a few minutes of them actually being together or whether it, they end up just randomly falling in love and, or they just meet up and they fuck, you know, whatever. And they're also like, I've been in love with you for the past eight years. It's like, it's like, bitch, where have you been? You've been together for ever. Like, you couldn't have thought of that, like, once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways. So a lot of fan service just is really tough, especially because when I, I think with fan service comes really heavy plot armor. And I fucking hate plot armor. Oh, I don't. I hate it when stories keep characters alive that realistically, like, shouldn't be alive. Or, you know, they have certain things that they shouldn't necessarily make it through or, like, overcome so easily. Mm -hmm. But they do it just because of plot armor. Because that's just the way it is. Like, there would be no show without the face of this character. Well... Sometimes shows succeed when you aren't afraid to kill off main characters or to show the main characters fail. Yeah. Like, it's just more relatable that way. When it's just a perfect world, it's not great. Mm-hmm. What's one of your least favorite? So, mine... So, how I mentioned earlier that mine... Or I do really enjoy vampire stuff. After, like, compiling my list, I didn't even really give it much thought. Three of mine are vampire-related shows. So, sorry if you guys don't really enjoy vampire stuff. But... I consume a lot of fantasy and fictional content, so... Apparently vampire-specific. Yeah, and that's not even including all the vampire shows that I've ever seen. But one of the worst... First of all, the show is not great as a whole. It's more of like a guilty pleasure. But that is True Blood. Okay, I've heard of it. Yeah, so it's an HBO show about vampires in Louisiana. I mean, there's vampires all over the world, but it takes place in Louisiana. And it's really campy. It's really funny. And I know I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I did really enjoy the show. I thought it was really fun. And again, I'm a sucker for vampires. If it has vampires in it, I'm going to give it a try. Mm-hmm. Unless it's an all-around comedy, I might not for a while. But here we are. Things with or the, what we do in the shadows. I eventually gave a shot, right? But anyway, it's a, it revolves around this character named Sookie Stackhouse. And it's just her whole story when she gets involved with the vampire named bill compton and her whole life basically just gets turned upside down because the whole world knows about vampires like they all they're a part of society the there's been this synthetic blood called true blood and vampires can live off of it so they can be they've been able to mend with society but i mean obviously vampires don't love true blood because it's not as good as the real thing so there's like an underground group of vampires that will feed off of people and so that's it's like illegal. the nutritional value yes but it's not the nutritional value is there but it's not good okay yeah it's like sugar-free candy it doesn't taste the same you it's sp- it's there it's fine it, it's whatever but it doesn't taste as good you want the good stuff yeah so i mean there's just tons and tons of stuff involved in the show and eventually they start incorporating more things into it like they bring in werewolves and witches and all that and that's all really cool when they start doing all this stuff but the finale the final season and I don't know if there was a change in writers or whatnot, but the final season just started feeling really, really weird because in the first season, they introduced this disease that vampires can get. They call it Hep V. So it's like 
you know, how we can get hepatitis. They called it hep V, but it's because it's very lethal for vampires and there's no cure and it will eventually kill them. Also, if you do decide to watch it after I talk about it, keep in mind it is horrendously gory and it is... It's HBO. Yeah, it's HBO. And so there's so much sex and nudity in it as well. And I feel like with vampire stories, that's just kind of part of the package is sex and whatnot. Yeah, no, that's true. But anyway, so they, uh, they, if I'm remembering correctly, it's been a long time since I've watched the final season, but they kind of learned to weaponize Hep V because there's this group of people that are very religious that want to get eradicate the vampires. Hmm. And they, because they just think they're abominations and whatnot. I think they're called like the Empire of the Sun. That's what they call themselves. That sounds like something they would, a group would name themselves. Yeah. And it, they have very much like the Southern Baptist kind of vibe about them. But yeah, so they learn how to weaponize Hep V. And actually I think Hep V might be the name of like the new, like the weaponized version of the disease. Anyway... You're watching all this, you know, this big buildup, and you've seen this relationship with her and Bill Compton, because he's a really old vampire. He's from, like, uh, the Civil War. Like, I think that's when, that's the time that he was born, and he fought in the Civil War, and then he was turned into a vampire. But he eventually becomes, like, the king of the Louisiana area, because there's, like, different regions all over the country, and they're ruled by a king or a queen vampire. And they just, like, govern the vampires, because they kind of have their own set of rules, because they're superhuman, obviously, so humans can't really make them do anything. But they try. So you're seeing this whole relationship, and that just falls apart. Sookie ends up like going in and out of relationships with other guys. She starts dating a werewolf. She starts dating... Uh, he's like a fairy vampire, because she's part fairy. That's a whole other thing. All right. And anyway, the end of the show just wraps, because Bill gets hep V there's no cure. So he ends up just dying anyway. And it's like, you're watching this whole thing play out and it just is all thrown together at the end. Basically everybody that Sookie ever cares about ends up dying by the end of the show. All right. Which is kind of like game of Thronesy in a way, but like literally everybody that Sookie has ever cared about dies and pretty like, it's just her like at the end, there's like a time jump. You see her at like a family reunion and stuff, or she's having like a barbecue or something at her house, and you see like her family, but none of them are people that we've ever met before. Like she just has this whole family that we don't know. She has kids, and it's just like, okay, like we don't know any of these people because everybody that we've ever been introduced are all dead. It's just, it was one of those shows that just felt super cheap, and it was, we were robbed of like a potentially good story, but it just was ass. Actually, it was sounds like so a pretty ass. cool idea. Yep. Yeah. What for what? Just that whole uh, synthetic blood. So they try to oh yeah integrate a society, but it's a mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole like idea of the of the show was really cool, and their uh, their take on vampires was really cool. Like I'm pretty sure in like vampire lore, the older you are as a vampire, the stronger you are. So like the really old vampires were really really strong. Some of them also had other powers that other vampires don't have. So like the really old ones can fly. All of them are like really like have super speed and can run around and strength, but yeah, the super powerful ones fly. So not all of them can fly, just the mm-hmm. strong ones. Yeah, and the vampires that make you or like your sire, I guess, if they like they can give you a command and you their their vampire uh, babies, I guess you could say, have to do what they say. 
like they use a specific term. It's like, as your maker, I command you to do X, Y, and Z, and they have to do it. And if they try to resist or not do it, it like causes them like internal pain. Oh, like wow. it can kill them. I think if they don't listen so to their maker. So they literally have to. So they have to. It's not like an oath. Mm-hmm. But then at some point, if the maker so desires, they can release their fledgling from like the grasp of the maker, like the maker bond, they can cut that bond. So then the baby vampire can go out without ever like having the control over their maker. And they're, they always, they have like a psychic bond too. So they always know where the other one is. So it's really cool. They have a lot of really cool ideas as far as vampire stuff. Just not the execution. Execution was just really poor. But if you want like a fun campy show, then sure, watch it. But they like took it into this like kind of post-apocalyptic world because there were like all these infected vampires that had hep V and they get really, really hungry. And so the whole town just like bounces. And so it's like this ghost town, weird or post-apocalyptic feel to it. It's, it was so bad. But yeah, there's that. Interesting. So now let's jump into one that you enjoyed. We'll kind of alternate. Okay, uh, Breaking Bad. Okay, still haven't seen that one. Five seasons. Yeah. Uh, it was written and done by Vince Gilligan. Mm-hmm. And he wrote the show with the, like, he had it planned out, start to finish. He knew how Walter was going to become Walter White. He knew how the show was going to end. Everything. Seasons one, two, three, four, five. Sorry, did you... Five seasons total, or did you say six? Five total. Five, okay. And at one point, the studio... What studio was that on? I totally used to... It was on AMC. Thank you. Yeah. They were like, hey, can we? Can you make season five two seasons? Can you drag it out and make it two? So you can have five and six. Ah. And he said no. He's like, like, nope, this is the story that I'm telling. And this is what we're doing. This is it, yeah. And so what's so cool about it and I'm spoiler warning this, and I'm sorry, but you've had since 2001. I wrote this down so I could remind you. Uh, it ended in 2013. Yeah. So. At this point, pretty much most of these shows have had a significant amount of time. And if you haven't seen them, that's that's on you. Yes. Uh, so anyways, Breaking Bad, for those that don't know, is that this chemistry teacher gets cancer. It's terminal. He's poor because he's a high school teacher. Mm-hmm. They don't really have great insurance. And then their son has, I want to say it's osteoporosis. It's something really bad, but he has to walk around in crutches. And so. Is it cerebral palsy? It's that. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because oh. the actor that, I really like the actor that plays his son. Yeah. 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 He was in another show. Does he I have. what it was. And he has it in real life, right? I think so. I think so. Not as severe as he's portrayed in these shows. Because in the other show that I saw him in that I really liked him in, he also had it. But I think he does have it, but not as severely. Interesting. Okay. So the whole, but just the whole show, you're you're kind of rooting for Walter because he's this poor teacher. He's got a sick kid. He's sick with terminal cancer. He wants to give his family a life when he dies. So his son's taken care of and his wife and everything. And then he slowly becomes his asshole. And Jesse, who is uh, played by Aaron Paul, uh, who became a fan favorite, ends up, and and there's kind of like two or three, maybe four, like main bad guys that Uh like Walter has to kind of overcome. Yeah. And they're drug lord cartel people. 
mm. because they're pissed at him for making better crystal meth than they can make. Yeah. And he, be- and he makes such quote unquote good meth because he's a chemist. Yeah. And yeah. he makes a pure Cause like, so it's not like a shitty, nasty version that's going to kill you. Like, I mean, I'm sure you still can overdose on it, but, but it's, it's not laced. Yeah. Right. And, and there's actually a scene early on where Jesse's like, it's almost good enough. And he like throws it out. And he was like, Oh, where they like made a batch and he's like, it's almost good. Like we might as well just use it. And he's like, no, yeah. we're not going to keep it because it's not perfect. It's not perfect. And Aaron Paul goes, dude, this is better than anything on the streets currently. And he's like, no, we're ma- not making anything. That's not a hundred percent perfect. Cause he's a chemist and he prides himself in his chemistry. Mm-hmm. He's not doing it because he's a drug dealer and that's all he can do. Like, no, he can make the best of the best. And so the whole time he's using chemistry to like overcome his obstacles and just all this crazy stuff. And he makes a shit ton of money, disappears to Canada. I'm pretty sure at one point on like a fake passport. Well, Aaron Paul gets kidnapped by a group because Aaron Paul or Jesse learns how to make the meth from Walter. Mm-hmm. So this group of people basically kidnap, imprison him and force him to make meth for them. So they can go sell it. Has that, was that kind of like part of the show was kind of a weird way of Walter's or like it was Walter's kind of way of keeping him safe by not teaching him how to make it. No, he taught him how to make it. He knew everything. But did he withhold that information for a while, like for a reason or did he teach him how to make it fairly early in the show? He taught him how to make it fairly early in the show. And like, but well, I should say this. They kind of taught each other. Aaron Paul knew how to make it. But like the nasty street version of it. Yes. And okay. he was a chemist. So like together they figured out how to make it better. Gotcha. But anyway, so Jesse's in prison and it's like a bad situation. And uh, Walter ends up figuring out where Jesse's at. And so he goes and he drives in with a car. He basically makes this car that can – the trunk pops – and a gun can just like will shoot circles, it's like this massive AR. The fuck. <laughs> yeah, and so he he like rigs it all up. So he goes inside. He sees Jesse. Is this the finale? Yeah. Okay. This is how the sh- this is like the like last ten minutes. He sees Jesse. He clicks the clicker on his car, and then he tackles Jesse to the ground. And the gun just shoots everyone in the room. Mm. Just kills everybody. And but Walter got hit, and Jesse gets in the car and takes off, because. They were kind of like mean to each other the whole time. Like, yeah. They like got along, but like Walter screwed him over and then Jesse screwed like, but at the end of the day, like Walter really did care about Jesse mm-hmm. deep down. And so he went to save him and then he got shot. And so he walks out to the meth lab and dies in the meth lab. Uh, okay. It's kind of like dies where it all starts. Yeah. Kind of like poetic. Yeah. But one of the things like in the, fin- the final season is that I love that they, cause the whole time he's like, I'm doing this for the family. I'm doing this for the family. I'm doing this for the family. And he finally like admits to his wife. Well, ex-wife, I think. I don't know if they actually finally got divorced. I can't remember. Isn't her name Skylar? Yeah. yeah. He finally misses Skylar. And she's like one of the most hated characters ever written for TV. I yes. Think. But I think she was written that way. Yes. And the crazy thing is you should be cheering for her and hating Walter. But because she's trying to be a good person and do everything right. Uh-huh. But the way she is and the way Walter is, like, you just hate her. Yeah. And you also want to hate Walter, but you also kind of want to cheer for him. Like, the only person mm-hmm. you really like is Jesse. Yeah. But he finally admits to her, he's like, no, I did it because I'm good at it. He's like, 
this was something I was good at mm-hmm. and I was the best at it. Yeah. And so it, I just like how he came to the, he finally admits to himself, like, this isn't about the money. This isn't about me providing for any of you. It's about me doing something that I am good at and I'm better than anyone else on planet earth at doing it. Yeah. And so then, yeah, then he goes and dies doing what he loved. How does Jesse's story end? So it ends where it just ends with him taking off in the car. Oh, so that's the last you see of Jesse. Yes, but they made El Camino, uh, which was a Netflix TV show, a movie. It's Ah. like an hour and 20 minute movie. Oh, okay. It's about him escaping and like getting free. Gotcha. So that's kind of like the, that loose end being tied up. Yeah. Gotcha. And it's called El Camino because he drives an El Camino. Okay. So it's just like a a loose tie-in, him running from the cops and just like kind of ending everything. And the Better Call Saul is another TV show. That's a prequel. That's a prequel, but it's about a lawyer that's in Breaking, Breaking Bad, Bad, right? Yes. Yeah, and Better Call Saul actually is like getting wicked good reviews. Yeah, a like lot of people it, are saying it's actually better than Breaking Bad. Really? And I wow. haven't watched it. Okay. Which I probably should, but I mean, the guy that plays Saul, uh, what's his name? You yeah, recognize I, him. He's I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know his name. Uh, he's in a ton of TV series. He's actually in How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. but uh yeah he's just like crazy good yeah. so apparently it's good there's an alternate ending and i don't know if this was actually like officially produced or like fan produced but it was so well cut so uh, breaking bad the main guy is uh walter white played by uh brian cranston yeah who is in malcolm in the middle mm-hmm. and someone cut the ending of breaking bad because the ending is just like zooms out while he's dying on the floor just like a Pano up right and then it cuts to malcolm in the middle where he like wakes up out of bed and i don't i don't again i don't know if they did something if it was like a clever idea but he wakes up and his wife what's her name the wife in malcolm in the middle i don't know what her name is she turns to him and goes what's going on and he's like i just had the craziest dream and so the idea is like all of breaking bad was just a dream of Malcolm of in the Middle. The dad from Malcolm in the yeah. Middle. Interesting. I think I had seen that when it was like a big thing. They're like, wait, like it was a crazy fan theory and people were going nuts about it. Like, yeah. Yeah. But it's just like this really clever. Co- I think I'm guessing there was a scene in Malcolm in the Middle where he wakes up and she goes, what's going on? And he goes, I just had this crazy dream. And it like someone probably just cut it and made it and like just, a fan, a fan made thing. But the way they did it was like just brilliantly cut. Yeah. So there was actually like a. A fan theory, too, that... So, AMC is also the home network for The Walking Dead. Okay. And there was this... Cra- I haven't looked too much into it because I know that the it's not at all the case. But that the events that took place in Breaking Bad and because of this drug that was made is what started the zombie apocalypse. I have heard that theory. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Because isn't there like a blue drug in... I don't... Or something? Like- no, I don't think so. It's... I don't remember... Because like I said, I didn't look too much into it just because I knew that it was ridiculous. But there was a connection that was made between the two that they could be like, oh, well, maybe it is, you know, a part of the same universe. But it's it's not. Yeah. No, they're very different shows. Yeah. Not everything is the multiverse. Mm-hmm. I know. It's so true. Fan theories are another thing that I think can be really toxic for cinema and TV. Well, that's cool. I, I've never, like I said, I just never really got into Breaking Bad. And so many people have told me that I need to watch it. It's one of the greatest shows I've made. And uh, Gustavo, 
I don't know. I can never say his name. He's the guy that's going to play. Well, I think actually Gustav Gus is the character in Breaking Bad, but he's going to be Professor X is the rumors. Oh, Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah. Yeah. Super complicated. Anyways, mm-hmm. he's in it. He, there hasn't been any confirmation, but he has there. He got asked in an interview recently, like if he wanted to join the MCU and he said, yes, of course I would like to. It, any actor that has their wits about them is going to want to get in on that. It's just a, it, at the very least, it's going to be a great paycheck. Exactly. Especially if you're to. that big of a name. Mm-hmm. And especially now where they're pulling in bigger and bigger names. Like that's just, everybody's going to be in, involved in the Marvel world at some point. I feel he's but in breaking bad. He is so good. I mean, you, you've seen the boys uh-huh. and when he's in a room, he just commands a room. Yeah. Dude. Compare the boys compared to Breaking Bad is, I would say his performance in Boys, if I'm like comparing it, would be seven out of ten, and Breaking mm-hmm. Bad's ten out of ten. But he's not in it a lot in the Boys. No, no he's just but. he is so good. Yeah, like he's he really is good, and I think it would be very interesting to see him as Professor X because he plays more or less the same character in every show that he's been in. That I feel like that we've seen anyway, but he's just so good at it. So I would be, I would love to see him as Professor X. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, I think he'd be a phenomenal. And he's got such a great voice. And that is, yes, like half of Professor X is mm-hmm. you have to have a, because you're stuck in a wheelchair. Yeah. For most of it. He just has to have a very good commanding presence, one that's not overwhelming, which I, that I feel like he can do, but because he can very much do the overwhelming, anxiety inducing, you know, demeanor that he has but yes. i think he could be very good as professor x and the way he can talk very mm-hmm. i mean that's why patrick's very charming so good. very yeah same yeah, kind of true. things mm-hmm. talks well when he's in the room you just can focus on him yeah for sure i w- i would love to see it all right well my next one and i know that i have mentioned this one on the podcast actually even my, my other one i know i have as well but this one specifically it's in a little bit of a different route because it's animated but that is Avatar The Last Airbender. And I definitely know that I've talked about the finale, at least just mentioned that I think it's one of the greatest finales of all time, because it is. And the reason why is because it gives you everything you need to know, or everything that you want out of a show with characters that you love. And from the very beginning, I mean, you've seen the show. It's one of the, the greatest shows ever made. Yeah. From the very beginning, they give you characters that you just immediately love, because they're all kids. Yeah. But... It's the amount of growth that each character goes through and the way they explore each, like they give so much time to each character that you see all this growth. And then by the end in the finale, it's this big, crazy event. And uh, I think the finale technically is a four part finale. And, but the very last episode just wraps everything up so well and just, the music is so amazing and the animation and all the things that happen are just so crazy. And it's just the moral dilemma that it has that it like shows for kids. Cause again, this is a kid show, but it is one of the most like emotionally heavy shows for kids that I've ever seen. Yeah. But like not in like an in your face way. Like it's still very, very family friendly, but if there was any show that I could tell you, if you have little kids at home to let them watch, it's The Last Airbender. Really? Yes. Oh, yes. Because there's just so much to learn from it. Especially just what it means to find good friends. Because at the end of the day, especially for those kids that have shitty family lives, where their family just kind of suck, you know? 
Because at the end of the day, your family is who you want it to be. Because your, I mean, your blood is your blood family is always going to be your family. But you also, that's the beautiful thing about life is you get to make your own family with people that you choose. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great when you can have both. When you have, you know, your blood family that are amazing and supportive and loving, you know, because that's what family should be. But also when you make all these connections throughout your life that you can just call your own family, like this show is just very heavy in that. And it just, it shows how strong their connections are by the end. It's so, so good. One of the best moments of this specifically is you remember when they're on, when Toph and Sokka are running on the airships. Yeah. And, uh, so cool. Yeah. And they each like are able to take down like a whole airship on their own. And Toph, like she metal bends the fin of one. And so it causes it to turn and crash into the others, which then just makes this big chain reaction. But if you notice that when it's just like these little, cause Toph, for those of you that don't know, she's blind. She's a blind earthbender and she can see through the vibrations of the earth. But well, she's, whatever she's standing on. Yeah. Well, it's only if it's like solid ground. Well, no, because when she's up on the air thing. But that's the thing. That's what I'm about to point out to you is that she can't. You can tell because Sokka, the whole time they're on the airships and they're together, he's holding her hand. Oh. And he's like guiding her everywhere they go. And then he like takes her to the sail so she can bend it to make it crash. But then whenever they're running or trying to get to the next point, he's taking her by the hand because she can't see. And so it's just all these little subtle things that they show that just like these characters have just grown and adapted with each other. And it's just, it's so, so good. And Toph is so cool because she literally created another bending. Yeah. Yep. And like, she's the first one who like made, like outside of the four elements, she's the only one who's been able to do that. Until, well, kind of really the bloodbender also was like, but granted she's bending water just inside the blood. the blood but which is that's a very dark thing for a, a kid show the but blood bending like, yes yeah but such a cool element to the show but yeah there was i mean there's obviously been no confirmation but in that same scene when they think that they're gonna die and Sokka or Toph falls off the airship but Sokka catches her and he's holding her by one hand and she's just hanging there he is like saying Toph i think this is the end you know and like she's crying and she doesn't ever cry. Yeah. She never cries, but she's crying because she can feel I, I, people have just like made this speculation, but I just, I'm choosing to believe it because I think it's amazing, but she's crying because she can feel Sokka's heart and like how he's afraid. And so she can feel his fear of them actually dying because she can't see anything because her feet aren't touching the ground. She's literally, so hanging she, in the she air. doesn't know her life is in the palm of Sokka's hand. And I just think the show is so great for all that. And it's, ah, it's just, it's so good. If you haven't seen it, please do yourself a favor and watch it. You could binge it so quickly because it's not very long. It's only three seasons, right? I, no, four. I think it's... There's one for each element, right? No, I think it's only three. I think there's only three. I thought there was... Because Korra has four, but I don't think there's a an air like an air book i think there's only fire water and earth oh because he's already an airbender he has to learn the other ones yeah because each season essentially is about him learning that thing. yeah because the avatar essentially is the same person just reincarnated each time but they have to relearn the other elements mm -hmm. yeah and yeah anyway just watch it it's so good adults would love it kids will love it 
It's amazing. Oh, and Netflix I- is making a live action version of it. Hopefully that will be better than the atrocity that was M. Night Shyamalan's bullshit movie. Dude, that thing was a disaster. It was so bad. Like, so bad that I would definitely say it's one of the worst live action adaptions, if not the worst that has ever been made. Oh, I think it is the worst. It's so, so For anything bad. that's gone from cartoon slash animation to live action, mm-hmm. it, it has to be the worst. Yeah, I was so bummed too because I just wanted it to be so good, but it just fucking wasn't. It almost looked cool. Like some of the stuff they did looked cool. But yeah, but <sighs> kind of not really. Like it it was so bad and they completely like Well, like the Ice City. Yeah, that's true. But that's basically it. <laughs> and they like completely whitewashed the cast. It, it's just well, bad. And the whole like, they didn't follow any of the story. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. Yeah, it was stupid. Anyway, that is my, well, one of the two of my favorite finales of all time. Are we all back to worst? So do one more bad one, yeah. Okay, I have Chuck. Ended in 2012. It was okay. five seasons. Did you ever see it? No. I have I think I've seen, again, like one or two episodes. I grew up with friends that watched a absurd amount of tv so when i would go over to their house they were always watching different shows so i've seen a bunch of random shows from a ton of different series but haven't watched a bunch of them so chuck is like essentially about this guy who zachary levi right yeah Yeah. and he's so great he's amazing i'm surprised that he hasn't gotten bigger roles like i mean he's in shazam but the dc (laughs) he should be in the mcu he should be he also looks a lot like uh, what's his face, the guy that plays Jim from The Office, uh, John Krasinski. Yeah, they yeah. like could be brothers. They could totally be brothers. Yeah. Anyways, it's a this guy. He gets all this like information uploaded to his brain on accident, and there's like a CIA agent and an NSA agent or FBI. I don't know. Two federal bureaus, and one bureau wants to keep him alive because they want to use him and use the information, and one wants to kill him off. Because they think it's too dangerous for one person to have all this information. Yeah. But so then, like, they kind of agree because it's both, like, American agencies. Like, we'll keep them alive and use them. But, like, the FBI is like, we're going to watch them. And the CIA is like, no, we're going to watch them. So he has these two agents assigned to him, like, Mm 24-7. And anyways, the girl is Sarah. And, like, the whole time they kind of have this, like, on and off thing. But their memories keep getting wiped. Because it's like dangerous for them to have all this information in their brain. Anyways, it's like, there's a lot of plot armor in this show. Yeah. And the whole show is brilliant. It's genius. It's cheesy spy. It's great. A lot of people really liked it though. When it was on TV, like I, there were so many people. That oh, were it had about a it. huge following. Yeah. So season four was pretty good, but season five wasn't what there was question if they were actually going to do a fifth season. Uh, but they did a fifth season and it was good up until the ending. And what I hate about it is the whole show, they have this on and off thing because they keep, he loses his memory. She loses hers. And then they like have to refall in love and they do this a couple times. Anyways. So finally, like she loses all of her memory and it's like gone for all of season five. And then it like ends with him being like, well, maybe you'll get your memory back if we kiss or something like that. And then they like, kiss on the beach but you don't know if she actually gets her memory back or not oh so it's one of those like inception endings where like the but top it was spinning but is it actually 
Yeah, but it was like cheesy love story, and it was like this story's already been kind of done. Uh huh. You know, like we've already seen them like have to remember each other, refall in love, and like I don't know. I can't. I haven't watched the show in a while, so I remember all of like why they were on and off. There's a couple other reasons they were too, but uh huh. It just it was like very. If I guess the easiest way to describe season five, I'm mumbling over my words here, but. The best way to describe it is it felt like they just, like, retold different parts of the other seasons. Okay. And mixed them together. Hmm. See, and I wonder if a lot of these shows that have been deemed as, like, the worst or, like, that had a terrible ending were shows that switched authors. Like, I wonder how many of them <coughs> switched writers throughout the show. Yeah. I mean... Because I know that a bunch of them did. I A lot of shows do switch writers and directors. I mean, if you go look at like a lot of TV shows, each episode is individually is written by someone else. Yeah. Or at least there's like the same six people that wrote some of the episodes throughout the season. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it's like a collaborative effort, but like, when did like the main person, like the executive producer, like when did that change? Cause I feel like that's when you're going to run into issues when things like when there's a noticeable difference and like the pacing of the show, the way that things are going, yeah. Like if he just took a, took White uh, Taika Waititi out of what we do in the shadows, like gone completely, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be the same show. Yeah, because I feel like he has a very specific influence, which was very much in Thor: Love and Thunder, which we've talked about already. And he, yeah, I feel like if you removed him from that, it would definitely not be the same. So for better, for worse, depending on depending on who, who you, you are. are. Yep. All right, what's your next? My next bad? one. So I'm actually kind of cheating a little bit here, and I actually also at the very last minute changed my mind because the other one I didn't want to give you another vampire show because I have one for my another like a the thing that I love. My second one is a vampire <laughs> show, so I didn't want to do three. So you changed it to two. Yes, but this is one that I this is a, sh- a finale that I did not like, and I'm cheating, and I'm saying I'm cheating because it's not. The show technically isn't over, but each season is a different story. American so does that Horror count? Story. Yes. <laughs> I mean, okay, fine. Okay. So it's because, a little bit of a stretch, but we're this far in and it's like, yeah, so. but I, I think it totally counts because each season is completely different standalone. You can watch any season however you want and it will make complete sense. Yeah. And be fine. So which season? It's season six, specifically Roanoke. So, if you don't know what Roanoke is, it was a community of people that were traveling through... This is in, like... I'm pretty sure North Carolina. Yeah, the East Coast, somewhere along those lines. And they... I don't know, like, where the last documented place they went through was, because this was, like, kind of, like, in the pioneer times. And I think it was like, early. I think it was, like, ships coming across from England. Yeah, like, like this is old. Early. Like, very old. It was, like, one of the first ten settlements in the... Mm-hmm. And I think they landed there. Yeah. I'm pulling this out of my like elementary school education hat. So yeah. if I'm wrong, trying to help you base your stuff off of a TV show, like, uh-huh. I'm sorry. Exactly. So, but the whole thing with the Roanoke community is that they completely disappeared. No one has any idea what happened to them. We and still don't settlement. know. Yeah. Their whole settlement is just gone. And we don't know where they went. So that alone sounds like, oh, that could be a really cool story to explore, especially for American Horror Story, right? That can write a horror something about it. That's just creepy. Yeah. Like, the unexplained is very creepy. Now, 
when they revealed what it was going to be, I was like, oh, this is going to be so cool. Like Roanoke, absolutely. It started off so good because it was very different from anything they've done. So they started telling it from the perspective or like a like a documentary series about a haunting. Have you ever watched one of those? No. Okay, so they've got actors, you know, who went through granted it's all scripted. So it's kind of it's kind of hard to explain. So they're the people who lived through this haunting of their Roanoke house are on a show are on a reality show and they're explaining and recounting the things and the events that happened while they lived in this house. But what you're watching, you're watching both their experience as they tell it, but you're watching the reenactment. Cause you know how in a true crime show or a, like a documentary series, they have the reenactment mm-hmm. and it's always like, this has been dramatized for TV or whatever. That is what you're watching. So right off the bat, you're like, oh, this is so cool. It's so different. Yeah. So you're watching what feels like a documentary series. But then, like, season, or episode three is done, and the docu-series is over. And so now you're back in reality, and you're watching the people deal with their lives because now they're kind of famous because of this show. And so they're dealing with that. And now, because of how successful this docu-series was, they're wanting to make a second season and so they decide to bring the people who played their, like, themselves in the enactment or the reenactment and the real people into a house and make a reality show. And so I was like, uh, okay. And so then it turns into a vibe that you're watching a reality show. And you all know how I feel about reality TV. It's and- its own th- thing yeah you shouldn't mix it with like horror or I drama mean, it works in a way that it's still all scripted show but it's it's because they're telling it like a reality tv show okay and so all the things that you are watching that are like really scary didn't actually happen because they were reenacted but at the same time they were happening because it's an actual haunting in the american horror story world like i said it's very hard to explain and very hard to follow but the finale just it's one of those seasons where everybody just dies basically. And except there's this one person who played, well, she was the actual cop who responded to the calls of this haunting. She basically stepped on everybody's toes so that everybody, so that she could get out and make it out alive so that she could get on to a journalist show who was a character from season two, who was a popular journalist. All of them are kind of connected in some way. Anyway, it was just a fucking stupid flop. And the way that they made it feel like uh, it was a reality show, I just hated. And the acting, I think they did it on purpose to make it cringy. It was so bad. There's like this whole montage where two of the the actors who were playing in the reenactment got married. And so it was, you like saw this whole marriage thing. It was so stupid. Anyway, they took a really cool idea. And basically just threw it in the toilet and took a big steaming shit on it. And I was really bummed about it. So it just sounds like they just did layers on layers on layers. Yes. Yes. Way too many layers. And it was kind of hard to follow it sometimes. But at the beginning, you're like, oh, this is so cool. If they would have just stuck to that formula and done that throughout the whole season, it that would have been, cool. been really cool. It's disappointing. Yeah. It sounds like that's actually a pretty cool idea. Because mm-hmm. Roanoke something that's not talked about very much. Yeah. Or used and pop culture 
potential. Just like this lore. Yeah. Which, I mean, I'm constantly thinking of ideas for October because that's coming up quick. So maybe that will be one of the things we talk about for one of our Halloween specials. Ooh, that would be kind of fun. Yeah. But yeah, that was definitely one of the ones that I absolutely hated. And again, I said I cheated because it's technically not over because American Horror Story is still going on. But that specific story had a shitty finale. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. So, yeah. And a lot of people really liked Roanoke. I did not. It sounds too complicated for me. Yeah. Like I just like I said, if you watch the first few episodes, you'd be like, "Oh, this is really cool," and then stop. <laughs> yeah, then you'd be like, "Okay, what the fuck is this?" Like it just completely turns into something else, and it's almost—it's not even like gradual. Like at the halfway point, it completely changes, and you're like, "Wait, what?" And then yeah, it's, just, it's bad. bad. Interesting. Bad. Well, now we get to go to happy notes. Yes, and end on those. My last one is Shit's Creek. Mm, yeah, which ended in 2020. And it mm-hmm. was six seasons. Yes. Just like the magic number, five or six. Mm-hmm. And what I love about this show is if you... So the show's about this family who's like rich, they lose everything. But the dad bought a town for the son as a joke. Like years ago, they forgot about it. But the town is in Canada. So the IRS was like, we can't seize that because it's a different country. Right. So you can go there. And so they end up all moving to Canada. And they like kind of become part of this community this small town mm-hmm. and the reason I, I the ending is so cool for tons of reasons but one thing that i love is david and alexis relationship yeah and how it is in the last i don't know five to six episodes are insane mm-hmm. and if you watch the show you should immediately go watch season one episode one you should watch the finale and then go watch the intro because you realize how far these characters have come in six years, yeah. all of them. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people will say, like, I don't really like Alexis. She doesn't really have a character arc, which is false. She actually has a huge one. She has. And I'm one of those people. When I first started watching the show, I was like, this bitch is going to drive me insane. I don't know if I can handle this. She, her whole arc and her character development is so, so good. Yes. And if you go watch season one, you're go. How did she get there? Yeah. <laughs> like, how yeah. did we... But the thing is, is it's so realistic, which that's one of the most endearing things about the show is all the growth that happens with all these characters is so relatable and realistic. So when something happens, you're not... Then You're like, uh, This okay, isn't from left weird. field. It's very natural yeah. progression. And over six years of time, like, yeah. A lot can happen in six years. A lot years. happens in six years yeah. in a human. Especially when you lose everything in your life, when you are literally spe- or fed by a silver spoon. Like, you, you know? Yeah. Things are going to make you change. You're going to have to change. But something that's important to note about Shit's Creek, too, is Dan Levy. Again, this is when I, I very heavily agree with you that shows should only go for about six to five, like her five to six seasons. He said that, no, I didn't want to keep going, even though I saw how successful the show was becoming, because the story that I wanted to tell is over. There's no reason to drag this out. We did what we wanted to do. And we told the story we wanted to tell. And that was it. And that's why it ended, because it Mm -hmm. was supposed to end. And that's why its ending is so good. And a show that it's better to go, man, I wish they wrote one more season, than to go, man, they shouldn't have done that last season. Yep. Because it keeps you wanting, and it'll make it so you go, like, I will go watch It's Creek still. Yeah, because it makes it hard to then do a a rewatch of shows knowing 
how bad their finale is going to be. Yes, that's why I haven't touched How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Since. Anyways, it's just a beautiful show. Actually, I actually have a question I want to ask you about. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to write it down. Okay. But So you tell, you tell your favorite while I write this down. Okay. My next favorite, again, this is another show that I know that I've talked about briefly on the podcast, but it, the finale was for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I talked about this, or I'm bringing this one up specifically because I did finish my rewatch about maybe almost two months ago. And I watch through it pretty frequently because I just love it. And the older I get, the funnier it gets because you start to relate to other things. Like now I'm starting to relate to the adults in Buffy instead of the, instead of the kids. Or I'm looking at things with an adult perspective I'm about how these kids uh, handled these situations. Because Buffy the Vampire Slayer is about kids. I mean, she's a teenager in high school yeah. when it starts. And by the end, I think she's 23. But anyway, you all know, I mean, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is a, pretty much a household name, I feel like, even for people who haven't seen it. They all just kind of have an idea of who she is. It's like a Skylar favorite, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But she's the Slayer. Every generation, a Slayer is born, blah, 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 blah. And once the Slayer dies, the next Slayer is called into action to become the next Slayer. So there's all these girls all over the world that have the potential to be a Slayer, but they won't necessarily be a Slayer because sometimes, like, let's say the the current Slayer, she grows to be old and, like, the next potential Slayer was older than she was. But then the uh. potential Slayer dies, so she never actually became a Slayer because this one never died. Because there's only one. Right. So there's people with the option, but just... Well, yeah. There's like some mystical divine intervention that makes these girls, these selected girls, potential slayers. But So there's always one available. Yes. And even as potential slayers, no, they're not as strong as as the slayer, but they do have more slayer-like qualities or attributes in life. They're a little bit more headstrong. They are physically stronger a little bit. You know, they just have more abilities about them. But then once they become the Slayer, they get all the Slayer superpowers, which is super fast healing. They're like superhumanly strong, not like Superman, but much stronger than regular, probably like a super soldier. Okay. And yeah, then they just get to run around and fight vampires and the forces of evil. But in the finale of Buffy, she discovers a way that, because there's this, uh, Sunnydale is her town. And the Slayers are always drawn to Hellmouths. And that's like kind of um, not a metaphor, but basically certain towns all over the world are sitting on an opening or a gateway to hell, which is where there's a lot of supernatural activity. And so that's why Buffy's in Sunnydale. But there's this big evil bad thing. And there's this army of really old vampires that are rising and going to come through the Hellmouth and basically destroy the world. So she's like, well, shit, I'm only one person. I can't do it all, all the time. So she discovers a way where she can awaken the Slayer and every single potential Slayer all over the world with the help of her friend who is a witch, who is Allison Hannigan, who is in How I Met Your Mother. She plays Lily. What? Yeah. And she's like the best character in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She's so good. All right. So if that's any draw for you to watch it you should because that she's is, so great but she's probably my favorite in how i met your mother yeah and she plays this super awkward super smart bookworm girl at the beginning and she becomes this basically a goddess by the end of the show but anyway with the help of willow and then all of her other friends or buffy's friends they 
find this spell that will awaken all of the potential slayers in the world to become slayers. And so they recruit a bunch of them. Basically, Buffy makes her own army of slayers to go down and fight this army of darkness, basically. And when it all ends, uh, Sunnydale gets swallowed up, and it's gone. And then they they make it out. Some of them do. Not all of them do, unfortunately. But the reason why it's so good is because Buffy finally gets a break. Because she's like the only she's the only Slayer that has lasted as long as she has. Oh, because Slayers usually die within like two or three years of their life as a Slayer. They're just because they just they get bested in a fight. But Buffy they're just like, fighting so much that eventually they lose. Yes, but because of the Watchers Council, each Slayer has a a Watcher like a a guardian kind of, or like someone to help them and learning the ways of the supernatural world, all these things get passed down from slayer to slayer. And so they learn all of their faults and what happened to them to make them die. So Buffy essentially is the best one because she's just learning from all the past slayers and what not to do. So she's just this incredible force and she is such a cool character. And Buffy is so great. And the finale is just good because everybody gets a happy ending because they're all just like, well, what do we do now? Like, we save the world again. And it's just like, just go take a nap. Because now there's all these other slayers all over the world, so Buffy doesn't have to do it all. Because there's everyone. Yep. So it's just a very, like, well-rounded, full-circle finale that was just, it was great. That sounds like actually a really good ending. Yeah. My question for you. What is a show you're currently watching? And I thought of this just barely. So if you have okay. to think on this, like we can find some way to awkwardly mm-hmm. fill time. But what's a show you're currently watching that's not done yet that you are worried with how it's going to end? Like you just possibly don't think. Like I think that it could potentially be or have a bad ending. Yes, because it's been so good up to this point that you're going, I just don't know how they're going to get there. Yeah. Uh, I know it's early. But The Witcher. Okay, that's a good example. Yeah. Because there's so much happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I don't, I, I haven't read the book, so I don't know a ton of the, the source material that they can draw off of. But they're already introducing the Wild Hunt by the end of season two. And so you're like, wait, but like the Wild Hunt, if you know, like if you've, if you're into fantasy at all, like the Wild Hunt is like the sign of the end of times. So it's usually like the big war. Yeah. But is it like really far foreshadowing or is it like... I, I don't you know. Because Game of Thrones said winter is coming for seven... Episode one yeah. of season one is when they started saying that. So is it like that? And then now? it came and went in season eight. <laughs> About <laughs> as quick as possible. Stupid, yeah. But is it one of those situations where they're foreshadowing two seasons down the road? It very well could be, yeah. So, But I that, get what you mean. Yeah, that's, that's the first one that comes to my mind is like... Mm, because I really like what they've done with it. I just, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Fair. So, how about you? Uh, well, now that you put that in my head, I can see where you're coming from. Uh, but I think I'm going to say Ted Lasso. Okay. Because... Well, and there are just certain stories, and like, you know, that like, maybe shouldn't even go past three seasons. I don't think Lasso is. Ooh, I actually have another one. The Boys. Wait. Okay, real quick. Let me tell you why okay. my issue with with Ted yeah. is the show is about him helping people become better versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just who he is. Yeah. Like, as a person. That's him as a person. So I just don't see a way to end it naturally. Like, is he going to become an asshole all of a sudden? Like, No. Right? They could probably do some, like, time jump thing where he gets old. 
Yeah, it's just one of those things where there's not a natural ending mm-hmm. where... Like, it's not going to feel super organic. Yeah, you know, Iron Man's story ended because he defeated Thanos and died. Yeah, he sacrificed himself. Right. Like, that was an ending for Iron Man. Mm-hmm. It made sense. It made sense for his character. It, everything made sense. But with this, it, I don't know. They're just not a natural way for it to end, I don't think. So I'm nervous to see what they're going to do. Interesting. And how many seasons are they in that? They're too deep, too, right? Too deep. Third's on the way. And two had such a huge cliffhanger. Okay. So three should be a lot of fun. Well, it's see, such a good show. And shows like that, they eventually will start bringing in a, a lot of more like real world problems. And sometimes that can hurt the show, but also sometimes it can just help the show progress. I feel like Ted Lasso is kind of a show where they're going to have to do some of that to make it still as emotionally impactful as it is. Yeah. I mean, but without it, but that's the thing is there's a fine line without it making it feel too forced of bringing in all these issues that aren't really related to what the show is about. Cause it's about soccer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not about, so I mean, it's about a soccer club, right? But him helping the soccer club become better, but it's actually way more in depth than that. Like why he's there and mm-hmm. stuff, but he makes the town better. Like he yeah. just, he has this, I mean, his whole thing is like, be positive and believe, like believe in yourself and be positive and like try hard and, you know, treat people fairly and with kindness, like have a backbone for yourself. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's no reason to be mean to somebody. Yeah. It's, it is one of the greatest shows. If anyone, if anyone hasn't seen it, they should, honestly, they should watch it. It's only two seasons. They're 20 minute episodes. They yeah. Some of the best life lessons you could ever have as well. Yeah, for sure. See, it, it again, it's just one of those shows that I feel like they're going to have to incorporate something like more real world issues that are a little bit bigger, but they have to be careful. They kind of left off with like a really big cliffhanger. That's like a, a big issue, uh-huh. but felt really natural. So if they can resolve this issue, I could see it. Being, Is it soccer related? Es- yeah. Essentially one guy kind of got pissed off at Ted and went and joined the, the rival soccer club. Oh, okay. And he's like giving them all their secrets, mm. but you kind of watch it and you're like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. Like, why are you freaking out? And even Ted talks to him and Ted's like, what, what's going on? Like, like very humbly. He's like, what's going on? Like something's on your mind. What's bothering you? And this guy's like, just freaks out at him. Yeah. And he's like, all right. Like, if that's how you feel, like I can't, like, I can't tell you how to feel, but, I'm sorry you feel that way. Like, yeah. But, and you're going like, wow, like he's so mature <laughs> to not, cause like me, I would have been like, I would have fought back. <laughs> yeah. You know, if someone treated me the way he, Ted was treated by that character. So mm-hmm. it's a brilliant show though. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't know. Like the other ones that I thought of the boys, I feel like could potentially have a bad ending if they're not careful with it as well, because they've already gotten, knee deep in a lot of really intense situations and that's like or even like social issues and political issues that we have now it's very much parallel to what we're going through and so i really don't know how much more they could go as far as like unless they jump into like war and i don't know how interested i would be in seeing something like that i do think that season four that is confirmed they actually i think are starting to film like this week for season four is going to be just as good as season three, hopefully better, which is going to be hard to top because season three was fucking awesome. Yeah. But 
Yeah, I can see the boys having one of those moments. And they're also kind of afraid to kill off characters. Yeah. Well, yes and no. I mean, the characters they're killing off are definitely minor characters. Yeah, like they kill off the B-list characters. Yeah. They never kill off the A-listers. Mm-hmm. And I think they need to they need to rip that band-aid off. Yeah, and it's kind of a, a double-edged sword, though, because it's like, I hate when shows don't kill off the main villain or, like, resolve the issue of the main villain for, like, way too long. Uh, Heroes was... Uh, guilty of this too that the like one of the main pro- or antagonists of the show they just kept him around for way too long yeah and i feel like they're kind of doing that with homelander but at the same time i love homelander. i love homelander well i mean i don't love him i just love the i love intensity that he brings to the show because he's so awful yeah he's i just i kind of want him to be a villain in the mcu yeah he's just such a good actor he, yeah he could make his way in Oh, he will. He's he's definitely catching attention, I'm sure. Oh, I think we'll see him for a lot. Yeah. He, he's just, he's so good. But yeah, that's what I'd have to say. I'd have to say The Witcher and The Boys, I think, are two of the shows that I'm uncertain of how they're going to end and a little bit nervous to make sure that they keep it as good as it is. No, so. Those are great examples. But yeah. Okay, so me and Andrew talked, and now that we're an hour and a half in, we are not go- we're going to postpone our Miss Marvel conversation. We're going to do a mini, its own separate mini. I know we've already talked about how like our plan was going to be to do a mini, and we're kind of all over the place, but things just happen. We also didn't expect for this episode to be as long as it is. But yeah, so we're going to do our, a separate mini, and we're probably going to release that Wednesday or Thursday. So just keep yours out for that. And then She-Hulk starts this weekend. So get pumped for that. So get pumped for that, because I'm excited for it. Yeah. I think it looks really good. I think it's going to be a fun story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right, before we jump into Unpopular Opinion, where can they reach us? <laughs> it depends. I'm, I'm exhausted. <laughs> so I don't want to go through it. So they can, you can email us, and you know all the things you can do by emailing us at... <laughs> culturecatchpod at gmail.com I'm doing it out of order so it's a little hard you can do all the things that you know you can do on Instagram culturecatchpod right yeah, yeah. and then twitter pod. is and then twitter is same same story but culture underscore couch at g nope just culture underscore couch see it's it's late at gmail yeah. I gotta go Fr- to bed first of all we're out of order yeah usually the email is last yeah it's usually Instagram twitter wow gmail. that was a shit show we made it through If you enjoy this, though, (laughs) tell your friends and family, please. Thank you. Yes, please spread us, like, something. (laughs) That was going to be really vulgar and gross. Anyway, uh, unpopular opinion. What is yours this week? Mine is, and I have to put an asterisk on this, I think, technically speaking. I am not a financial advisor, and I'm not telling you what to do with your money. Mm -hmm. And this is just, like, an unsolicited opinion. So that's the legal jumbo to keep myself safe. But... If you like gambling and you like investing, it's put those two things together and you should just buy some meme cryptocurrencies. Meme cryptocurrency? Yeah. What is that? So it's like a subcategory of cryptocurrencies where people kind of like make cryptocurrencies as a joke. Dogecoin being... Dogecoin? Okay. Like the first. Yeah. However, the reason, if you treat them like you truly would treat gambling, Mm -hmm. it's fun because they just like, they can explode they can tank it's yep. just all over the map i mean essentially that's what it is it is gambling yes well like ethereum and bitcoin they're a little bit more 
there's like some more strategy involved with those ones and they're, right. they're a little more stable and stuff. But the, the meme ones are just like wild, man. Mm-hmm. And you could throw like a hundred bucks into a meme uh, token and you could have a million or 20 million or a hundred million, like depending on some of these. I mean, there's one I put like $50 and I have a billion coins in. So it's and like, like, what, what does that do for you? Well, I mean, if the idea I'd of actually, I mean, call me what you will, but I really don't even know a lot about cryptocurrency and like what it does for people. The whole concept of it just kind of went over my head when it was a big thing. Uh, I could explain it, but not in the time frame. That right. We won't do for. it on podcast. Uh, but I could explain to you one day. Okay. And so, but not tonight. Your brain's not ready for it. You don't even know our email. So <laughs> like, there's no way you're understanding. Anyways, it's just fun. So my opinion is, and the reason it's unpopular is because people say meme, meme crypto is not investing, which you're correct. It's not investing. It's a disaster. But it's kind of like gambling. It's like playing the lottery. Like you never know. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, I'm not going to tell you specific tokens because I don't want someone to go like, Andrew told me to buy 100 Dogecoin and I did. And it's now not worth anything. I don't own any Dogecoin. So I own other ones. But, you know, it's kind of fun to just own a shit ton of coins that are absolutely worthless. Yeah. But one day they might be worth a cent each and I will retire. Yeah, there you go. But most likely they will still be worth $10 total. Hey, here's to hoping. So my unpopular opinion was created uh, from a TikTok, obviously, that I saw and I like was really bothered by it because I thought it was really shitty. I think it was supposed to be a dating show and it's probably like not a show, but like a segment or something that was probably on YouTube. But there were two people that didn't know each other that were meeting for the first time that sat on a, at a table and there was a buzzer in the middle. And the girl was the one who was cycling through guys that would come through and she would hit the buzzer whenever they got to a point in their conversation, she would hit a buzzer and was like, Nope, I don't want to date this guy or Nope. I'm not interested in getting to know him any further. Have you ever seen the TV show next? Yeah. The reality show next garbage reality TV dating show, but it's a like It's like that. Okay. Anyway, this kid sat down, um, and like a pretty good looking dude, you know, not kid, but like he's a man. These are adults. Yeah. These are adults. Right. And he sits down and uh, granted looks aren't everything, obviously. And the first question she asked him was, what do you like to do for fun? And he said, he's like, you could tell that he was going to start to tell like a list of things that he did. First thing he said was, I like to play video games. Immediately hits the buzzer. And then he's like, oh, okay. And then as he's like getting up to walk away and they like, they don't get really any explanation. They just have to get up and walk away. And as he's walking away, she just is like, there's more to life than video games. It's like, you, first of all, bitch, you didn't let him finish. Like he didn't, you have, that's just the one thing that he told you. So my unpopular opinion is, if you have a problem with something that someone likes to do that they enjoy, you should like take a look inside. You're and see the problem. What, yeah. Not necessarily because obviously some things can get out of hand. Excessive video games can obviously be a problem. But she has no idea this guy is. A- she has no idea what else he was interested in. The next five things that he could have said could have been things that she loves to do, but he just happens to like video games. Nor did he say that he devotes all of his time to video games. She jumped to conclusions and was like, there's more to life than video games. Well, okay, that's fine. There's probably more to life than the amount of money she spends on makeup, but, but yeah, get bent, lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Shitting on someone's hobbies is like shitting on their weight. Like, yeah, shut up. Yeah, seriously. If it's not a problem to you and it's not a problem to them, 
let them let people enjoy what they want to enjoy and that's that you also don't have to have the same hobbies as your partner right man i could go off on that there, there's been a lot of discourse online too when it comes to like tv shows and movies and there are so many people that just go at each other just because they either like a specific movie or they don't like it if you don't like a movie or a tv show that's fine it's also totally fine if you like it there's nothing wrong with that. It's all perspective and preference at the end of the day. Yes. And if you have a problem with that, kindly fuck off. Or unkindly, whatever. Or just get, yeah, just get out of here. Yeah, that's that. That's that. Do you have anything else to add? No, good luck editing tonight. <laughs> yeah. I've actually found better ways to do it that doesn't make it so tedious. So it's, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. But as always, guys, thank you for thank listening. You.